So class, you know, I mean, what exactly do you do, you know, for work? Like he had no idea that by calling me and telling me that he was taking all of my work, that I would actually get upset about it. Like, hey, isn't it great that I can finally take your job? Like, hey, isn't it great? I'm in my garage. It's day in class. And basically, I'm a stay-at-home dad, failed actor, former comedian, shut in. I, I sit in my garage and I make these recordings. And you know, it's funny. Uh, uh, I was uh, text chatting the other night, you know, on uh, that uh, that Facebook. Uh, an old, an old uh, you know, high school, uh, a dude. A dude I knew from high school, uh, you know, found me on Facebook, you know, caught me on Facebook when we were chatting. And he's like, ah, you know, we were, you know, you do that thing, you reminisce. Oh, remember uh, when we had study hall, uh, uh, second period, and the guy, uh, you know, all that. And then he says, so class, you know, I mean, what exactly do you do, you know, for work? Do you just pretty much kind of, uh, you know, yell into your iPod? And my first reaction was, well, no, of course not. This not that. <laughs> yeah, apparently that's what I do. I, I yell into my iPod, so to speak, uh, with, with uh, long dramatic pauses while I swallow. While I turn my head away from the mic and swallow like the chocolate rain dude, like uh, Tande Shantu, whatever his name is. That's what I do. I yell into a microphone that comes out of your iPod <sighs> between uh, deep sighs and swallows. You know, it, it's a hell of a life. Which, of course, isn't what I do for work. And I'm going to tell you what I do for work. Because... It's obviously not this. I, I theoretically do this for fun. And the reason why I say that is because, and, and, and you know, there's the whole, uh, there's the the short free shows, and then there's the longer shows, and I don't like to discuss it, but the basic, the, the, the point is, listen, I know you enjoy the show, I, I really do, and I appreciate it, but let's face it, for whatever reason, I, I don't know what compels you to be like this, and I don't mean to get on your case at all. I really don't. I would never get on your case. You know I love you. You know I appreciate everything you've done. I don't know why you're keeping this to yourself. Why do you feel that our relationship has to be a secret from everyone you know? Why can't you, right? Why is this just me and you? Why can't it be me and you, you know, and, and everyone else you know? I don't, I don't get that. And then you guys could discuss me at your dinner parties and all your normal people social events. And then, and then they could tell two friends and so on and so on. It could be like that old uh, Pantene ad or whatever. And I tell two friends and so on and so on and so on, you know. And maybe it's because you're just like me and you really would rather, rather just, you know, one-on-one. -on -one. And I, I guess I understand that. Now, this is where I'm going with this. So, ba basically, this is what happens. You see, la the last show, and I was very worried about Jeff on the last show. My cousin Jeff, you know, the one who essentially died and then came back to life. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Jeff is doing great. I, I got a text from Rob. He's out of the hospital. How do you die on Friday and then you're out of the hospital the next uh, Wednesday? How, how do you do that? I don't know. 
Apparently, we all need to lift weights. I'm telling you that right now. But I was so, uh, you know, focused on the Jeff situation and, and, and all of that that it didn't dawn on me until I was putting the show together that it was number 200. Now, what that means is that would have really been the perfect time, if, if it were necessary, to pull the plug on all this yelling into my iPod. Right, it's been about two years of this premium jazz and 200 episodes and all that just would have been a great, you just pull it, pull the plug and you're done. And get on with some money making, uh, you know, the money making part of your life, the normal, mature, support your family part of your life. Because you know what happens. Don't you? I hear I do these shows, I have some uh, other stuff on the side. By the time I'm done with all the laundry and the cleaning up, making the lunches and the snacks and picking up the kids and, and, and ramming in the, you know, this kind of part-time-ish enough work, this consulting that I do, this podcast production, this big, very important, impressive, not really, we're good, right? There's nothing left. So, and meanwhile, my, my contemporaries, my less uh, emotional uh, more level-headed, more, I don't know what, contemporaries, you know, they're, they're making lives for themselves in, in this uh, new media space. They're making lives for themselves in this new media space. Evangelicalizing the importance of using social media in your media strategy. To promote transparency within and without your corporation. To build communities using social media strategies. To, ins to ensure your seat at the table, in the C-suite. Using social media metrics and analytics, search engine optimization, your company can raise new heights and new, new measures of ROI. Oh, boy. So this is what happens. Because I do this show, it's very hard for me I shouldn't say that. When I do, when when you and I talk, I'm in like cynical that part of my brain mode. That's like, uh, don't you can't talk like that about the C-suite. You're gonna make me kill myself. I can't talk about analytics. Do you really want to hear that? No. Okay, because that's that part of my brain. You and I, we talk about normal stuff, guy, gal, family, human, American stuff. Non-American stuff. I know, maybe you're in New Zealand. I don't know what your problem is. Listen, you want to live over there like a stinking hobbit in the real world, breathing air and eating uh, fruit that wasn't manufactured in some kind of factory or beef that isn't full of additives? That's your, you know. If you want to live in New Zealand some normal, healthy lifestyle without the pressures of being in Los Angeles, that's your decision. And I respect that a lot, actually. I'd like to go there right now. So there's so there's the Dan that uh, that you know has these conversations with you, and I try to keep you a little company when you're uh, commuting, driving, you're uh, I don't know grocery shopping, ignoring your kids. I don't know what you're up to. Working your day job, working that that data entry position that you wanted so badly until you got it, and then three weeks into it, you realize, oh my god, data entry that just means typing, typing into a into computer fields. Oh, it's my coffee break.
All right, we're going to talk about some random things, and then I'm going to go. So, I'm at Costco. I'm at Costco uh, last week or the week before, and basically, I, I take out my phone, and I'm going to take a picture of some dental floss. Okay? Now, the reason that I'm taking a photograph of the dental floss should be fairly self-evident. Right? And if it's not self-evident, then I will make it evident in a moment. But I'm taking a picture of this dental floss. A 16-pack of dental floss. About a two-year supply for a family of four of dental floss. <clears throat> and this Costco employee comes by with a big grin on her face. But a grin kind of like one of those mouse pride grins. Like, this is my finally my chance to exercise my... Mm. And she says to me, sir, you're not allowed to photograph the merchandise at Costco. Thank you very much. So apparently, at least at the Costco that I was in, I assume it's, you know, corporate policy. You're not allowed to photograph the merchandise at Costco. Now, if you are a Costco, uh, a member of the C-suite, <laughs> I doubt it. Write me and let me know what you're thinking here, because I'm going to tell you something. And I, I, I posted this on my uh, Facebook or whatever, and I got a reply of someone saying exactly what I was, was going to say, because this is exactly the reality of how men shop. See, you have no idea. Dear Costco. Dear Costco, you have no idea whatsoever how men shop at your store. Because a man will buy anything. A man will buy, if it's close enough, that is close enough. And they will just get it and go. The problem is for a married man. Is a married man cannot buy close enough and then come home and then have a two-year supply of something that's wrong. In the eyes of the wife. Now, this is not another story about how my wife is a ball buster. It's not that. But my wife and, and the few women that I've also had these similar discussions about man you know husband wife shopping the woman is more particular than the man and especially in this case i was buying dental floss for my wife but basically what happens is costco will lure you in with a coupon they had this big coupon thing and everybody's going around the store with the coupons but <laughs> you got to be careful because sometimes the coupon is for the item the brand but not the exact one that they have in the store so my wife saw the coupon and she said, that's what I want, that dental floss. I said, okay, I'm going to get you that dental floss. And I went to Costco and it wasn't the exact dental floss. And this is what Costco, this is what guys do at your Costco stinking Costco store. We go to Costco, we find something that's pretty close, but not exactly what the wife wanted. We take a picture of it. We email it to her. She looks at it, says thumbs up or thumbs down, and then we buy it. That's how we do it. If you want to sell the stuff, you should let us photograph the stuff. And I don't give a crap if it's because of, well, you know, Procter & Gamble won't let us photograph. Bullshit. You know we are not going to... Oh, I'm going to start a website. Hey, this is my new website. www.crapiphotographedacosco. No. 
I'm photographing the merchandise to send it to my wife. And so is he, and so is he, and so is he, and so is he. And if it's not to send it to our wives, it's to remember that we want to buy it when it's time for my wife's birthday, my son's birthday, Hanukkah, Christmas, Valentine's, whatever. Because I would forget, oh, that's right, they've got the, uh, the motorized, fuel-injected, uh, echo-friendly, whatever it is, 12-pack. I'm going to get that in three months. But that's, that's how it is. That's all it is. Because if we don't photograph it and don't send it, don't buy it, don't remember, we're just going to get it at the regular grocery store or the regular drugstore when we know we can get exactly what we want, but in a very small quantity. Or almost what we think they want in a small quantity, and it's only a little small quantity. So if we come home with a small quantity of the wrong thing, then it's really not huge. But if you expect guys to come home with massive quantities of merchandise, they need to check, relax. I had to go to Starbucks. My wife broke her coffee pot and I had to go to Starbucks to get her coffee because she was too busy. And she was legitimately too busy to go to Starbucks. And I hate going to Starbucks because it's not, well, mostly probably because it's not for me. I don't want to go to Starbucks because it's not my coffee. It doesn't matter. So I ordered her double frappa latte, mocha chate, uh, la la la, whatever. They give it to me without one of those um, cardboard uh, hand gaskets. And this is one of those amazing times, I guess, when uh, ecology actually beats litigiousness. Is that the word I'm looking for? Litigiousness? I don't know. Basically, they would rather appear cons more concerned about the ecology, right? The environment, the planet. They'd rather seem green then ward off a lawsuit for someone burning themselves on the mocha choca la la latte. Because I had already grabbed it, steaming hot, burn your hand, before I realized that they hadn't put the sleeve on there. And I guess you have to ask for a sleeve or look around for a sleeve. They're right there, but they're, you know, they're brown. Everything else is brown. It's wood tone, whatever. You can't see them. You got to ask. But I found that absolutely amazing that, they're, that the lawyers, basically the lawyers, the legal department of Starbucks said, well, you know what? Listen, mm, we'll just, we'll go for it. We'll save the money slash environment and not give it to, uh, that, that is absolutely remarkable to me that we've actually come this far in corporate need to either appear green or save money that they're willing to potentially burn and be sued for burning. They're customers. I never imagined since Cosmo Kramer burned his crotch that that would even be an option for a 10 seconds. Where's Jackie Childs? Yeah, I burned my hand a little bit. I put a balm on. I'm tired of making food for my daughter. I love my daughter. I think she's wonderful. I think she's smart and funny and beautiful. And I love to hear her sing and read and all that stuff. I love her. I, I don't want to make food for her anymore because you know what? It's never right. Both, both my kids really to an extent. Parents tell me something 
Okay. When we, for instance, when I make the kids waffles, toaster waffles, we get waffles, you put in a toaster. My sons have to be charred or he complains that it's not charred enough to the point where I have to go back to the toaster several times till it's charred to perfection. My daughter wants hers barely touched by warmth, but they're frozen. So you have to toast it. You can't just serve it. You have to toast it, but you have to bring it right to the brink where coolness passes room temperature. Then there's like one notch after room temperature stop. And if you pass that, it's no good. And it has to either get charred for Hudson or get tossed. So that then becomes the process, right? Is I got a room temperature plus, oh, I missed it. And then char, char, char. But he can only eat so many charred waffles till I get it right. And the same goes with pancakes. He's not so bad about the charring, but her pancakes, when we make pancakes from scratch, which we tend to do, you know, every other Saturday, whatever. The batter has to have just congealed maybe the slightest hint. Like she, she wants her pancakes khaki. Not even golden, not brown, certainly not brown, but like khaki. Which isn't so bad, but the mix, we use a whole grain, whole wheat, whole whatever mix. It's inherently brown. So it's this weird chemical, just like instant in time where the batter is congealed. It's not, and then off. Now that is annoying. What's really annoying is when we go to a restaurant, neither of them say nothing they have never complained about any food that has ever been served to them in a restaurant ever 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 and i guess the same goes with my wife and hamburgers i have made a hamburger to my wife's satisfaction three times in the 10 years that i've been barbecuing hamburgers for her at this place when we go to restaurants I watch now every time because I'm so fascinated slash obsessed by it. I watch them order their food and I watch them receive their food. I watch them eat their food and they've never complained about a GD thing. Never. Hamburgers, waffles, pancakes, crepes, omelets, eggs, bacon, ham, cheese, uh, uh, chicken, chicken tenders, fried chicken, Pasta, pasta with sauce, pasta without sauce, pasta with just butter, pasta with meat sauce, nothing, nothing, nothing. No one has ever complained once. As soon as we are within the confines of our house, under the flight path of Los Angeles International Airport, suddenly everything has to be done to personal perfection. I can't take it. And keep your dogs off my lawn. Keep your cats out of my backyard. Keep them out. We don't, okay? We don't have pets. We don't want pets. We sure as hell don't want your pets. Keep them off of my grass. Keep their excrement off of my grass. I don't want your cats making love on the porch or fighting whatever they're doing. I don't want it. This isn't Fight Club. This isn't a bordello. Keep them at your house if you want pets. 
I don't walk my kids over to your house twice a day to take a dump on your yard. Don't walk your animal over to mine. Is that just, isn't that just common sense, common courtesy? I don't walk uh, my kids on your lawn. Why would you walk your dog on my lawn? I just had a friend ask me, you know, ask kind of a general question. My friend Pete, hey Pete, Peter J., that he's got a guy that walks his dog, I guess, you know, up off the road, on through his, he's leaving a trail in my friend's grass. Like a trail. And my friend's kids are like, oh, dad, don't worry about it. And, the, and my friend's like, no, this is a trail. No, you should not be cutting a path through someone else's yard. I'm sorry. I know this uh, must sound to some of you like the epitome of American bourgeois, middle-class, suburban, uh, who cares? But that's all we have. Really? I pay to water that grass and seed that grass and mow that grass, and now you come along and crap on it and wear it out. Thank you. Where do I send the bill? Thanks for listening. This has been uh, The Bitter's Pill. You've been listening to the shorter, freer version uh, of The Pill, which honestly means, frankly, really, truly, you were spared a lot of grief. I think you should count yourself lucky that you didn't have to hear the whole hour of me uh, complaining about losing work and people uh, letting their dogs duty on my lawn and uh, not being able to photograph things at Costco and all that stuff. Basically, you don't, you, you know... Now, if there's something wrong with you and you really do actually need to hear the full hour every week, then just go to thebitterspill.com and uh, you'll poke around and figure out how to become a premium subscriber. But otherwise, listen, I really thank you for um, listening to the show. Please tell a friend about The Bitter's Pill. This doesn't need to be a secret just between the two of us. Our, our love will survive out in the open. This is not a forbidden love. My friend, this, this, this is eternal. So tell, tell the world from the rooftops, would you please? Okay, enough. Enough of that. All right, thanks for listening. I'll talk to you soon. If you want, give me a call. 888-315-5753. I'm going to say it again slowly. 888-315-5753. Do you talk like that when you, talk, when you call like a customer service line and they want you to say numbers? 888. I talk like a robot. 831. And you can't laugh because then you... We did not... Rec- Ugh. Please. All right, I'll talk to you soon. Thank you, my friend. Bye. The Bitterest Pill is produced by Jacket Media. JacketMedia.com, makers of fine podcasts since 2004.